0: Welcome to Taking Notes with NextGen Venture Partners, where we have interesting conversations with entrepreneurs and innovators in the NextGen investing ecosystem. I'm your host, Dan Mindis. We hope you enjoy the discussion. My guest today is David Lockshin, co-founder and CEO of Trace, where NextGen Venture Partners is an investor. Trace is in the business of memories. More specifically, Trace places cameras at youth sports games and then automatically sends each player a personalized video with their key moments in the game. Over time, Trace plans to capture video from vacations and other memorable times and places and again, automatically send individuals their personalized video. David and I touch on several topics, including the incredible culture he has built over the years at Trace. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. David, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Dan. I really appreciate the invite.
0: Let's start with what is Trace? Trace makes it
1: easy for youth sports teams to film their games. So there are two basic problems is that you'll see a lot of parents on the sideline with an iPad or an iPhone. And and that footage is super wobbly and hard to watch. But then it it gets even harder when you want to take out the highlights. You have to be a professional video editor. So we make it super easy. We have a robot camera and we just send every parent a playlist of all their kids' highlights. So My son is Ethan, and I, I care about the other kids on the team, but I care about Ethan the most. And I just go from touch to touch in his soccer game, and I get to experience Ethan in all his glory and make it easy to share that, watch it with him, and consume that data.
0: How do you consume that data, or how are you seeing your customers consume that data? Are they texting it to grandparents? Or are they putting it on Instagram? Or are they... Looking at it, you know, three days later, five days later, 10 days later for training or performance enhancing purposes. What happens with all these personalized highlight reels? I think
1: 80% of all the above. The truth is there are really three consumers. There's the player, there's the parent, and there's the coach. The parents, they love their kids, right? They want to consume everything about their kids. My son, I have 30,000 photos and and videos of him, you know, and I, I go into my Google Photos app and I look at those every day we find the players, they just want to see themselves. They want to brag about their ability. They want to get better. So they're looking at all that on the player and parent side, we see that engagement is the highest, the faster you send that video. So if you're sending that video, even 24 hours later, the consumption just drops off a cliff. We get 50% of the games out four to seven hours after the final whistle of the game. And we see really high engagement on that. And that's the, the whole point of Trace is you shouldn't have to spend a lot of time. You shouldn't have to spend a lot of effort and it should be as fast as possible. So you get off the field, you come home, you take a shower, do some stuff, maybe get ready for dinner, and and by the end of dinner, you're likely looking at, at your moments. On the coach's side, a lot of the viewership is later on in the week because they'll open it up for practice, bring over a, a single player. And Trace is really the first time that coaches have been able to do individual film review with their players. So previously, let's say you even got good video, there's no way you would have the time to go through and make a playlist for every single player. That would just take you probably four to 20 hours per game, depending on how dedicated you were. With Trace, it's automated. You don't have to worry about it. So you just take out your phone, open up the playlist for that player, and, and go
0: through it. Give us a sense of scale for Trace today.
1: We have probably tens of thousands of teams using Trace. We have many petabytes of video being served every single month. We create something like 6 million unique moments, I think, uh, a week. So the scale is pretty large. We tripled two years in a row. We're on pace to triple again this year in terms of revenue. And yeah, it's, it's really cool to see the growth of Trace. You know, we see Every week is a record number of games, a record number of moments, a record number of viewers who, who are consuming uh, this video.
0: How do you internally, culturally think about that growth? Are you celebrating every record or after a while, it's like, yep, just another day and another record? I can imagine that being an incredible high.
1: We definitely have a unique culture at Trace. People who join the company talk a lot about how intense it is and how a lot of people will say something like... I thought I worked hard before I joined Trace, but, you know, this is a, a whole new level. We're not a company that leans into work-life balance because we want Trace to be the defining moment of our careers. And when you have that sort of mentality, your, your work life is not in conflict with your personal life. That is a part of your identity. And for us, it's, it's a big part of our identity. So I think we have a team that is sort of never satisfied. You can always do better. You can always do more. You can improve every single day. It's definitely a unique culture. It's definitely not for for everyone, but if you're ambitious, if you have opinions, if you're willing to fight for those opinions, I think a lot of people at Trace really appreciate the culture that we've built because those types of personalities really shine. In our company, one of the things that we celebrate actually is problems. We love problems. And we say that Trace is a company that runs towards problems. Trace is a company where the truth travels fast. And we're not afraid of problems. We're not afraid of tackling them. And, and we celebrate when the problems get tackled and the next problem is bigger. You know, The, the bigger the problems you're solving, I think the, the more exciting the company is and you only get bigger problems by growing.
0: I was just on your hiring page. And one of the lines that I liked was, we're often solving problems that no one has solved before. I think that Getting that culture where people love problem solving, and you attract people who are just interested in the truth, interested in doing new things, is I mean, special when you can achieve that. It's also often challenging to scale. How many people do you have right now and how have you managed to keep that culture alive with scale?
1: Yeah, it's a really great question. I get asked how many people we have right now all the time. And I never know the number because when you're running a business, that's not a success metric. You know, success metric is the revenue is that how the platform is being used and, and things like that. Maybe that's an insight into the culture as well. I think we're probably in the hundred range, probably just under a hundred. And we were probably a year ago in the sort of low thirties range. The truth is that really opinionated and really ambitious people they're intrigued and they're inspired by people who are equally ambitious you know one of the things that our head of product talks about and our head of sales talks about is they both love hiring people who intimidate them so if you come off an interview and you're intimidated and you think this person might join and realize once they open up the kimono that we have a lot more problems than than we give off That's probably a a great person to hire and and a good person to be on the team. So it all comes down to the interview process, who the gatekeepers are on the interview process. I still interview every single person who joins Trace. And we're just really upfront on the interview and the interview process is also pretty intense. We have a math team, for example, and we pay for the the project on the math team, but it's probably 20 to 30 hours and it's not easy to drop off rate on, on people who successfully do it is high. And then on on the sales side, just a lot of mock interviews. We do not take it easy on the mock interviews. A lot of projects on the CS side, working through problems with management interviews. So we make sure that the interview process reflects our culture. And we're also very honest and truthful about what it's like on the inside.
0: David, you mentioned you have a math team, not super common. What are some of the things that that math team is tackling?
1: It's all computer vision stuff. We call it the math team because every early hire seemed to be a math graduate school dropout, essentially. So I think that team now has a couple of physics PhD dropouts. But we really like people who are hardcore nerds The everyone on the engineering team, we call it, we have an onsite every year, we call it nerd camp. So a little bit of self-directed humor there as well. But it's all computer vision and machine learning problems. There are other problems as well. Some of the hard challenges we're tackling are like, how do you synchronize a number of cameras in time and space without them talking to each other? So that's not a computer vision problem, but that's a very hard problem to solve. And we do use some computer vision in solving that problem. A lot of patents on the team, every pound we've ever applied for has been awarded. So a lot of hardcore engineering going in that. A lot of companies would call this the R&D team and we don't like to call it that because Every person on that team writes code that gets published to production. And every person on that team has free ownership to publish to production whenever they want. So it does do a lot of R&D, but that R&D turns into results. We're very results oriented. We have a value at Trace called focus on what matters and can't do that unless you're results driven. So the math team, long story short, is a lot of computer vision and, and a lot of algorithm development.
0: So you have a culture on the one hand that is lots of PhDs, you know, dropouts, people who like Nerd Day, who want to solve challenging computer vision problems. On the other hand, you have a product that is not quantifiable. You're selling memories. You're selling the moments of your children. Is there any tension there or do those marry up nicely?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think one of the reasons that We love dropouts, to be honest with you, is that people who drop out of PhD programs are looking for something more. And that something more is usually something that is very results oriented. And in a PhD program, you're working alone, very rarely in a team, at least on the physics and the math side. And the work that you do day in, day out could never see the light of day. And if it did see the light of day, not a lot of people would see it. But when you come to trace you're pushing into production something that more than a million people a month are viewing right the viewership of trace moments is huge i think one way you stay grounded is that a lot of people on the product and the mac team we, we talk to customers all the time and at the end of the day like they don't care that it's done through computer vision or if it was done through something else they care that it was meaningful to them that they had an emotional attachment to the video that they were watching that If someone talked about an event happening to their daughter that day on the softball field or on the soccer field or whatever have you, that we captured that, we made it easy and they didn't have to do any work. So you stay grounded by attracting people that live within that culture and then also spending a lot of time with customers, going out to the fields personally or chatting with them on the phone or listening to sales calls. And that's something that I think is also really unique about our engineering team is they're very plugged into to what the customer is doing and, and looking for.
0: Speaking of your customers, let's imagine there are parents listening to this whose kids are in, in some kind of athletic league and are intrigued by the idea of getting their kids personalized highlight reel after every match or game. What do they do? How do they get this?
1: Traceup.com, uh, you can buy right on the website. We also offer demos for parents, and, and we do that really, really often. So we're, we're demoing hundreds of parents and coaches and, and directors of clubs a week and would love to demo you as well.
0: Let's shift to you for a second. So you spent a couple years as an options trader and then started Trace. So that's not the traditional tech entrepreneur pathway. How have you grown as or even become a leader when you just had that quick financial job before doing this?
1: I tell everyone that the founding story of Trace isn't as sexy as some of the other ones I've heard, like Airbnb and Netflix and stuff. And the truth is that we never meant to start a company. It was a total accident. And to be honest, for the first three years, were, the goal was to not make it into a company. So I've been coding for a long time, since I was a kid. My co-founder is actually my dad, and we've always had side projects. Sometimes those side projects are physical. So we built a lot of cool stuff when I was a little kid. And sometimes those side projects have been technical, both hardware related and software related. And this was just another side project. and. What we were building was an app for skiers and snowboarders. And part of the internal tools that we built was software to automatically edit GoPro footage. And when I had that GoPro footage edited for the first time for me, I was going surfing. And surfing is like two hours long. The number of waves you catch is not that high in the amount of time you're actually surfing. in those two hours might be in the 40-second to 60-second range. It's so you're mostly not surfing. And to come back and have a computer edit out all of my waves automatically and label them, how fast I was going. I can look at the longest. I can look at the fastest. It was a hot moment. Now, what if your entire life was like this? You could extend it to obviously other sports. So now we're in team sports, but you could extend it to something like a a theme park or a hotel chain. Uh, I went this summer to my sister-in-law's wedding, and it was at a resort in Tahoe. And what if the Resort in Tahoe was giving you the highlights of your vacation without you having to pull out your phone? And so that's what sparked the ideas. Having that video edited for me for the very first time, it became pretty obvious that if we could do this for life in general, it was a massive
0: idea. It is a huge idea. So you've got to put one foot in front of the other at the same time. So you're right now in youth sports, and there's plenty of room there. New sports, international and so forth. But where do you see yourself going next? If the idea is, rather than having, you have to pull out your phone and take your own video, there's cameras potentially everywhere, and you get your own personalized highlight reel. What's next after sports?
1: We don't think of sports as being that far away from the vision. And I say that as genuinely as I can. One of my favorite interview questions that I usually start off with is, tell me the story of your life starting with kindergarten. And you would be surprised, I would say 90% of people, whether it's engineering, whether it's sales, whether it's customer success, whether it's marketing, whether it's finance, they tell the story of the sports that they played as kids. I do the same thing. I wasn't a super high-level athlete. I didn't play in college, but we were pretty good in high school and we had some success and we went to state and all that kind of stuff. And even my story is that I was a swimmer and a water polo player. and. I have memories of certain games. I remember what the score was. I remember how many assists I had. I remember how many goals I had. I remember what the weather was like. And so when you think back to to your childhood, and I'm curious to see if that's true of you, Dan, people will often talk about sports as a defining piece of their life. And that's exactly what Trace is. We, we talk about Trace as the keeper and creator of memories. And if sports are a fundamental, defining fabric of your identity, then that's essentially what we're doing by going after sports first. But in the same way that you might talk about, did you play sports growing up, Dan?
0: I did, and, and everything you're saying is absolutely resonating. At the age of 42, I feel like I'm in a desperate conflict with time to just be able to keep playing basketball as my body becomes more and more decrepit, but that's one of those life goals. And, and yeah, I played sports constantly in elementary school, middle school, high school, Wasn't good enough for college, but I wish I had been. And the willingness to pay, let's put it this way, of having some of those moments, right? Having that great play is very, very high.
1: Do you have a buzzer beater or a couple buzzer beaters that you distinctly remember who you were playing, where it was, what the court smelled like,
0: looked like? A thousand percent. I mean, there are those handful of moments that occasionally still cross my mind decades later.
1: And the fact that they're crossing your mind means that in some ways they are a small part of what defines you, what makes Dan Dan. And that's exactly what we're capturing. And in the same way that you remember these buzzer beaters that you hit, you probably have these moments. Maybe you went to vacation Hawaii and you don't have a picture of it, but you think back to it all the time. And that's really what we're surfacing. I always tell people, how do you think about building Trace? Well, if I told you, look, First of all, do you have an iPhone by chance, Dan? I do. Do you mind opening up the Photos app and telling me how many photos you have taken? It should be at the very bottom.
0: Well, it's not nearly enough. Most people, they don't take a lot of photos. Then they have a kid. They take a ton of photos in the first year of their kid's life, and then it sort of trails off again. And then the second kid gets you know, short shrift with respect to how many photos they've actually had. So I currently have 705 on my phone.
1: Yeah, that is super low. I talk to people who have 30,000, 60,000, and sort of, let's take me as as the example. I, I have 30,000 on my phone. Let's say I've had this iPhone for about a decade. That's 3,000 photos a year, which means that I'm, I'm taking 10 photos a day, maybe nine photos a day. Do you consider yourself a professional photographer, Dan?
0: Well, I think I gave it away with just the 705. Uh, <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So you're not a professional photographer, neither am I. So why the heck are we taking so many photos? And the reason is because we find ourselves in the moment and we want to turn that moment into a memory. And the way I think about memories is a memory is a moment that refuses to be ordinary. Something about it emotionally drew you to that moment. Something about it spoke to you. You wanted to hold on to this memory forever. And so the, the next part is if I told you, wouldn't follow you inside your house, but anytime you and your family do something interesting or cool, I'm buddies with Steven Spielberg, I'm gonna have his crew follow you around and then Steven Spielberg will curate all the stuff, send you video and photo highlights at the end of every day. Does that sound like it probably results in some pretty good content?
0: Not only would I love that for my own personal use, I'm just as a someone who, is interested in technology and wants the world to be a better place, the idea of democratizing Steven Spielberg is pretty compelling.
1: Yeah, to tell your story, right? And so what's so special about Steven Spielberg is that he is an incredible storyteller, absolutely incredible storyteller. And we think that we can teach a computer to tell your story. And we're doing that right now in baseball. We're doing that right now in soccer. And then the next part about Steven Spielberg that makes him so special is he has access to every single type of camera. He can take the zoomed in shot, he can take the blurry shot, he can take the drone shot. And cameras are starting to pop up everywhere. If you're at a soccer field, they're starting to pop up everywhere, whether it's a Sony cam or it's an iPhone or it's a trace cam. And we wanna be the software layer behind all of that. You go to a resort, the one I went to this past summer, Just around the pool, I counted 12 different cameras recording stuff around the pool. I went down the water slide probably 40, 50 times with my son. I never took a picture of it. But it's my favorite part of the wedding weekend. It's the memory I come back to the most. And I don't have it in my phone. I I only have it in my mind. I would have loved for that resort to send me, hey, look at how much fun you were having with your son. Come back next year. So cameras are starting to be everywhere. And we think that we can teach a computer to be almost as good as Steven Spielberg on the storytelling front. And that's the way we think about the product holistically.
0: I think that's a great place to end. David, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Dan, and really excited to be working with you.
0: Thanks for listening to Taking Notes with NextGen Venture Partners. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. To learn more about us or to hear all of our past podcasts, please go to nextgenvp.com. And now for some important disclaimers. The information contained in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to purchase any securities. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Any performance or projections contained herein may be significantly affected by future events. Any opinions, assumptions, assessments, statements, or the like regarding future events or which are forward-looking constitute only subjective views and beliefs, should not be relied on and are subject to change due to a variety of factors, including fluctuating market conditions and economic factors.